0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation.
1: What? Okay. Oh my gosh. Hey siblings, you're listening to I Have to Call My Sister. But you already know that. My name is Stacey and my name is Kayla. Need a pump up? We got you. We'll say it like it is. And
2: yeah, maybe laugh a little obnoxiously.
1: Oh my god, just start the show. Hello, Sister Kayla. Hello, Sister Stacey. Are you ready for today's podcast? Yes, I'm so excited. We're doing it a little bit different today. We're not having not only one guest, but
2: two guests. But two. And the title of our podcast sounds like the most depressing thing ever. But these stories are like crazy, but also have a twist ending to them, which I will not tell you. The best twist endings, yeah. Well, now you just told the ending. Well,
1: okay. Well, I would hope that it's the best twist ending. Well, like, yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> You're like you just told the bang you, ending. It's you like... gotta find out.
3: <laughs> We're talking to ghosts today. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> we have our ghost friend Dave. <laughs> Well, there he is, everybody. The, I've ever heard. On the green! <laughs> <laughs> You're talking a ghost today. Okay, so so the first person we have is Dave, who <laughs> you just heard. Um, Dave, his name is Dave Hole, and him and I have been friends since we were. I like how old Dave? Like
3: it's been sixteen years.
2: It's okay. I was gonna be like probably like seven years or something. <laughs> sixteen
1: years.
3: Sixteen years. Where did you
1: guys meet?
3: Musicals with this group of people and stacy was a friend of tammy who is like the person who planned everything yeah (laughs) yeah, for sure and and, uh and then stacy was invited to a couple things and then we did like a show together didn't we like a a, Uh. at the cambridge center for the Arts. yes
2: and do you want to know something that's funny is that's the only one i think we've ever done like which is so weird and it's also weird because Tammy, the, the first time I ever met you was when everybody was doing Greece. And so they're like, we've had guests on our podcast, Kayla, like Mitch from uh, ASAP Science was also in Greece. It was like yeah. this production of Greece was like this crazy whatever, but I wasn't in it. And I am now like a professional, like singer, actor, whatever. And I was just the random fan on the side, always going to watch their shows. <laughs> So and you know it was so embarrassing too. Like they didn't know I was like a, like a performer. And so they'd all be like, "Oh, thank you." Like signing autographs off stage and I was like, "Yeah, like I like I I sing too." So but like <laughs> I they didn't know. <laughs> and so oh I was like gosh. try like they had no idea who I was. But I was just this random like Tammy's friend or whatever. But yeah, then we did a show in Cambridge together with so many people who are now still our friends and then like since then I literally don't think we've ever performed together since.
1: Remember when I moved to Toronto and then like you and I became really good friends? Uh, no. Did you and Dave? <laughs> <laughs> no, remember there was like a time there where you and I were like hanging out. I can't remember why or how. Without okay. me? Okay. Yes. Okay, Dave, um, this is the rudest thing ever because you're just not <laughs> responding as if we were friends. So well, never mind. No,
3: of course we're friends. I feel okay. like when really okay. had Monroe. Absolutely I remember- not. I <laughs> was
1: hammered <laughs> I was hammered on the side of the street was in Toronto. Never mind. We no, I totally so believe
3: on. you, but if we were at a bar, I was probably blackout. Like I was blackout. Oh, well, for most clearly, of my Dave, because
1: I thought we had a great connection, but never mind. I, I think
3: we do too.
2: You know what's so funny? That Dave doesn't remember that you were friends. Because Dave, like we talk about Kayla's crazy past. I don't even know. Dave, since the pandemic, we haven't seen each other. I don't know if you're still like this. But Kayla's like you when you guys drink. You think you're fine. But you absolutely like do not remember anything. You're acting like a crazy person. That's the best
1: best way to do it. Right, Dave? (laughs)
3: I mean, if I don't remember, then I can't get blamed for it. Exactly. We're just
1: living the dream. Living the dream. Well,
2: remember Um, when you guys were best friends and no one remembers? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, Um, I... I'm so sorry that I like I'm it's okay. trying to, but, like, I just, I'm trying to think of like a specific no that makes moment. it worse
1: that makes it worse Dave <laughs> just drop it it makes it worse to try to think of when we were good friends so it's fine um <laughs> he's like let uh, me just think if I remember let me just think I, a minute oh yeah, yeah the
3: time that you were on the side <laughs> of the street and I like just sat down on the curb next to
1: you I remember we went to the pride parade the one yeah oh,
3: we like for math
1: <laughs> Kayla, did some
2: cocaine, Kayla. great night. That pride parade. he we did not go with Dave. You to that pride weren't parade. there, Stacy. Okay, well, another year okay. at the yeah. Pride parade, we went together, you and I, Kayla. and then Dave, we just found him dancing in the middle of a circle.
1: Mm, of yeah. course, we did.
2: So, okay, so, Uh, okay you get the relationship we have uh, this friendship since we were younger we like party we dance we would go to tammy's house all the time and have these like bonfire things that were like the epic past of our life like tammy always hosted the best parties so then you get a call one day okay so as you know this episode is called f-u-c-k or we're gonna put a star in it somewhere cancer and dave so You're, I think, the first person in my life that wasn't like an elderly person or like a person I didn't know that received the following news that you're about to tell us. And it was, uh, to me, the most shocking thing ever. (laughs) So I feel like to you, it must have been crazy. So can you tell us your experience? What happened when you got cancer? How you found out? What you felt like? Like, what the hell was that like? Tell us.
3: Sure, yeah. Um, so I went in to a doctor because I thought that I had like bronchitis because I was like coughing a lot. I like it was just like it was gross. and I thought I had a cold. My throat hurt and everything. So I went in and um, the doctor gave me antibiotics. And then like seven days later, I wasn't getting any better after taking antibiotics for seven days. So I'm like, OK, so there's something else going on here. Uh, so I went back to the same doctor and uh, he was like, okay, well, like maybe it's pneumonia or something else. So he sent me to have my chest x-rayed to see if there was any fluid or anything in my lungs. And when they did the chest x-ray, <laughs> this was like the craziest thing in my life. I got the results back and this woman was like, okay, so you have to go to the hospital because there's um, your it looks like your heart is inflamed or enlarged. And I was like, okay, so after i had to go to the hospital i was like can i like go and grab like my iphone cord and like can i go and get like some clothes and stuff like that like who knows how long i'm gonna be there she's like you need to go directly to the hospital Whoa. she's like oh, i will pay gosh. for a cab i was like okay now this is really serious yeah um so i called i couldn't call my mother because i know that'd be a fucking mess um i'm allowed to swear right yeah <laughs> um <laughs> So I called my little sister and while I was oh. on the phone with her, I was like, Hi Danielle, this is David. Just you do know, have to go to the house. She's like, I can't <laughs> understand you. And I'm like, oh Well, I can't God. say it again. Like I've already yeah. I can't I couldn't get through it. So but and at this phone. point you
2: didn't even know what was I
3: don't know. The I was problem just was. like, I'm like, I'm gonna die of heart disease or heart oh attack my or gosh. something. Um <laughs> so I Passed the phone to this doctor, who explained to my sister what was going on, and that I was going to be at St. Mike's because I couldn't bear to tell my mother that anything wrong was wrong with me because she would ob- like she'd be freaking out. Um, the reason that they saw on the X-ray that my heart looked like it was enlarged was because the fluid builds up around your heart whenever your heart's being attacked by something, <gasps> and that's like that. a yes, that's like a I didn't know it either, but they told me about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's like a defense mechanism or whatever that your heart has wow. is to, to protect your heart. It builds up fluid. So mm-hmm. that's why it looked weird on the, on the x-ray. Um, that night I stayed the night there. My parents showed up at like midnight and I was like, I called my roommate and I was like, can you quickly clean my room? And my parents like, stay over cause they didn't, don't live in Toronto. <laughs> you um, have them to clean your
1: room yeah. like, that's your biggest concern just so you have to my clean, clean my room,
3: room. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, clean my room make sure there's like nothing around that my parents could see that would be awkward that's so um, funny <laughs> uh so he did that it was really nice and then um saturday i ended up having like a grapefruit size uh lymph node under my armpit
2: yes i remember um, this because i saw that and it was so big yeah like I, it was that, it crazy was, it was literally the size of a grapefruit
3: yeah um so that and that like blew up like just overnight um
2: oh gosh. really so,
3: yeah so like that happened like saturday during the days when they kind of found that out and then they did a biopsy later in the afternoon where they like take tissue from it so they stick like a needle and they take tissue from it so they can test it uh, then saturday night while i was in the hospital i like literally googled all my symptoms, which I don't oh, recommend. Gosh. Yeah,
2: yeah, I know.
3: Because, <laughs> um, like, for a while, I was going to die from thyroid issues. For a while, <laughs> I was going to die from uh, I don't know, like tuberculosis. Yeah, but
2: do you want to know? Do you want to know what the <laughs> the the sick I guess twist to all this is? You always recommend to people to not Google things because it always says you have cancer. <laughs> but you did have cancer. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. This sounds horrible only because I now know the ending, but like, it was the worst case scenario. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you were Googling and being like, hope it's not that, but then it was that. Like that's, that's crazy. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. I'm getting tripped out. I'm getting tripped out by that.
3: I was kind of like at the point where I was prepared that it would be the worst because of like, because the tumor plus the lymph node, plus everything else, like lymphoma was like the first thing on the list um and then uh sunday uh my mom and dad are sitting in the room with me and the doctor comes in with like six other doctors um and because they're (laughs) students so they're like yeah so they like had student doctors because it's like a um a teaching school as well or whatever so (laughs) they all come in and um they're like hey we need you to take off your pants so that we can like feel around your groin area for swollen lymph nodes and then like literally like seven people just touched me all over my body <laughs> like feeling Sounds everywhere.
1: amazing. Yeah what?
3: it was like most action I'd had in years.
2: <laughs> Wait but did you have to say, did you have to say yeah it's okay that they came in or did they just come in?
3: Uh No they, they asked they were like this is this fine and I was like but I
2: was having a pap test one time and they said is it okay if the students come in and I didn't want them to come in, but I panicked and just said, yes. I did the same thing. <laughs> so and then, then I had everyone...
1: like four people looking at my vag yeah. rather yeah. than just one. Yeah. look, like, I didn't actually want them, but I was like, yeah,
2: no problem. Yeah. Education. Come on am I, in. In. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was trying to be cool. Anyway, so that happened to you. All your you know, legs are continue. in stirrups and you're like, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. got it. Fully. And I was dying because they were all like young, right? So there's yeah. like like twenty-year-olds and I was the same age as them and it was just like, oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Anyway, I can't imagine like, yours is worse
3: thank god but none like, of them were cute like if someone <laughs> of them was cute i'd be like hey you can't touch
2: yeah, yeah. you have to
3: go <laughs> you have to go you can't see me in this condition um oh that's the other thing that i forgot when i first got admitted into the hospital the hottest gay nurse was the one like taking care of me that night oh and i had to do this test where i had to do like a butt swab I'm, this is oh, getting real crazy no. here but you so, were like dying but well no he was while he was <gasps> trying to explain this to me because he knows i'm gay I'm, like obviously i will and like looking, hot i walk around with a person that falls out of my mouth like just... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like yeah so you just uh take like the q-tip and and you uh you know stick it out there and just <laughs> and literally that's what made. i he made
1: like, it was just so awkward he's like know, how can i
3: i was like <laughs> and, and he was so fucking hot i was like, oh and like my I,
0: God. <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but
3: yeah so sorry sunday so these doctors do this they tell me about what happened with the thing under the armpit and um the this like other doctor comes in and says hi i'm dr blah, blah blah i obviously haven't been with you but i've seen your results and everything and she's like i'm like 99 sure that this is lymphoma she's like cancer of the lymphatic system oh. and my mom was like "Pardon like, oh. just... <laughs> so me," like just she went in like protective
1: mom mom yeah, yeah she
3: was like just in shock and i had already like i've already like decided that this is what i have so mm-hmm. I was, like, much calmer, but, like, my mom was a mess, and, like, seeing her be a mess was even worse, and, yeah. like, I have, obviously I could never blame her, because no, I can't yeah. imagine what she had to, what she was thinking or going through, but, and my, my dad was, like, he's pretty quiet anyways, but, um, but he was pretty upset as well, and. And, seeing and you're my dad, really
2: close with your family, like you're yes, yeah. like he's very close with his parents and like your family, so that would have been horrible. yeah. So yeah. and
3: like seeing my dad upset was like almost like that was like one of the craziest things. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy how quickly my family was like we were automatically just like drawn together and so much closer just because we knew what was what was going to happen. Yeah, what was like going and to come what needed ahead to be done. Yeah, and, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I can't
2: remember when you told us but i remember i saw you because of our crazy life and like we're always here there everywhere i saw you without cancer like when you didn't know you had it and then the next time i saw you was in the hospital when you had no hair and no eyebrows and like it it was shocking. <laughs> like, I can't, yeah. I can't remember when you told us though, or like if you made that, de- like how you made that decision or whatever, but did, was there a, a moment where you're like, I'm going to tell my friends now or like what happened? How did that happen? Um,
3: well, I had uh, posted photos on Facebook mm. like before I knew. Um, so then when, um, when I found out that this was actually what it was, I was like, okay, well, I have to tell all these people that have seen all these photos of me in the hospital what's actually going on. Yeah, so I yes, ended up,
2: yes, yes.
3: I ended up messaging everyone, like, the night before I released this, like, seven-minute video of what was happening. Oh, yes, the I
1: remember the video. video. Yeah. yes, yeah. that was it. Like, it was the
3: first time I went viral. I'm like, fuck, I had to get cancer to go viral? Great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. I, re- I remember that video, and I, like, I can't even explain like what it did to me. Like I was like, <laughs> I I was, I was just like, so it just, it almost just like woke me up. You know what I mean? Like I was like, and you were just so, I remember you were so positive in the video and you were your funny, normal self, but you're also telling the most traumatic news. And I just remember like, this might be weird, but I just remember like crying, watching the video and being like, I, I can't, I just, I, it just woke me up and I'm like, I can't, complain about these stupid things anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that video, like, really, really affected me.
3: Well, as your best friend, I can understand that.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God! (laughs) I was gonna make the joke, and then you (laughs) beat me to it. (laughs) Whatever. I hated the video.
3: I know. It was so weird to make it too, but... No, but it
1: was... was, I forgot. Of course, the
2: video. The video, yes. Okay, so then... We get to the point where you're now doing, like, chemotherapy. It was chemotherapy and radiation, right? And you had to. Just, and you,
3: just chemo. Oh, just yeah. chemo. Okay. And just, just
2: chemo, this yeah. chemo makes you, like, lose your hair. And I remember. Yeah, so, what were all your side effects? Yeah, chemo? was it exactly like you hear, like, in the oh, movies?
3: It, I mean, it was a lot. I I never got sick, which is, like, I never vomited or threw up or anything. Oh, okay. Um, so I was really lucky in that sense.
2: Did you lose your eyelashes, too.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. I well, lost go away. I like. I lost quite a bit of weight, even though I was eating, because my mom basically moved in with me. Yeah. Um, which was a struggle in itself, because you know, being a twenty twenty uh, seven, 27? yeah, twenty seven year old man, living with your mom again, it was a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, like, she was she was doing her, you know, doing her best, and yeah. she like she was the most supportive person that I like. I can't. Believe and comprehend the strength that this woman has. Like, I I love her so oh my God. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: Wait, I have a question about the hair loss thing. Do you also lose like your facial hair? Like, does your hair stop growing in?
3: Yeah, I lost it's like literally everything. everything. Oh, you lost everything? Yeah, everything. Pubes, like, everything.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, she was a, a see- free Brazilian. I was a she was a seal. Yeah. <laughs> she was a seal for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. And then, okay, I'm going to ask a really heavy question right now that i would not ask unless i i want to actually let all the listeners know dave no longer has cancer so were you afraid at the time that you were gonna die like were you like oh my god i'm gonna die and and i feel like actually like i'm gonna vomit even asking you that question because i'm sure like i i know i was afraid because i didn't understand it and i was like oh my god if i don't want dave to die so did you go through that ever I think I had
3: like my moments, like there was moments where I was like, I don't, I don't have the strength for this or I don't like, I'm, I'm exhausted. And like, there was like that stuff, that kind of thing. But I was always like, I was always at the point where I was like, you know what, like this is like the cards that I've been dealt and I'm going to get through this. I'm going to deal with it. And like, I had the most supportive, like the most support and I was really lucky to have that. So like, whenever I was like really down and out, there was always someone to kind of bring me out of that funk or bring me out of that. And that was yeah. like probably like the best thing that you can have. And like, it was people like that would make jokes about it. Like that, like I like live for comedy and yeah. live for humor and like live for that sort of thing. <laughs> so like, uh, there were times where I was like, I'm like one fucking chemo treatment away from my go away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: people get really awkward with situations like this because it's such a sad thing that people are like, We just have to be polite and we can't joke around and whatever. But then it's like, that makes it... Worse because then it's like they're not treating you like how they're treating okay. you different now.
2: Tammy and I go to visit Dave at the hospital and the whole way up, I'm like, I can't do this. If I have I to remember, be serious, Stacy,
1: I remember you saying I am so stressed because I don't know if I should go in and be serious or if I can go in and be with Dave how Dave is. Like I literally was freaking out. I was like, if I have to be serious with Dave Hole, I literally will
2: just stand there and I will be the most obviously uncomfortable person ever if I have to be serious <laughs> because that is absolutely not our relationship mm-hmm. and I remember we went in and it was shocking to s- at first I saw you, and you had no hair, and you were like so skinny, and you had no eyelashes and no eyebrows, and all this stuff. And then you were like, "Hey, bitch," or something like that. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh my god, thank, thank god!" Like god, I literally, yeah. I was, I was, I just didn't know. Like it, nobody knows, nobody knows because, you, like, it's so rare that um everybody thinks it's never gonna happen to me or it's never gonna happen to one of my friends or whatever. And then when it does, and the person's in their twenties, and and yeah, and it's just, it was just. So weird, like as an outsider person, and I, I was also so sad about it. But I, I, I did not know how I was supposed to act. But then it was like, of course, Dave in his role of I'm going to make everybody feel good right now, and I'm going to make sure everyone's okay, made us okay visiting him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, there was a moment I remember after you found out that you didn't have cancer anymore. And we went to a party at Tammy's house. This was before COVID. And I remember being so excited to see you because you were in re- remission. You didn't have cancer anymore. And this is going to sound so cheesy. But when I saw you, there was this like, you were just so happy and you're always funny. But you had this like attitude of like, I don't give a of fuck <laughs> like it was like this just like attitude and do you remember what i am talking about dave do you remember that party where we literally could not breathe because we kept dimming the light on people oh yeah we, there was there was this party kayla <laughs> it was the funniest thing I, like mark laidman my boyfriend says there he has never seen me laugh harder <laughs> tammy has a dimmer light at her party and dave the the whole night kept going a bit darker bit darker bit darker and then (laughs) finally everyone would be in the dark and then you'd but you'd see them at a point where like they weren't paying attention and when it got kind of like too dark you saw people people kind of like starting to like look around and Dave and I were literally like I actually think I peed my pants that night you were laughing so hard and he kept we kept we did it probably eight times and Tammy (laughs) was getting so mad at us yeah we we were so
3: discreet about it like we were
2: (laughs) but nobody was catching on that's the funniest thing is nobody actually knew what was happening because it was such a gradual dim and (laughs) I literally thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life and I remember that night I had so much fun and you just had this I don't know I swear you were different so am I right were you different and then I want to go into talking about how all of a sudden you became a drag queen after (laughs) (laughs) Um, did you feel different did you feel different after the fact?
3: I don't know. I like. I swear
2: I, you were, or maybe I'm making a movie in my head. <laughs>
3: I mean, like I, I could, like I could have been, but like it might also just been like something that I didn't notice because it's just like I, because I just took the experience that I had and like moved on and like didn't even think that, like I, obviously like there were certain things that I would, I, I was trying to be more grateful for and like take less advantage of and like all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to like just hanging out with people, I was like, finally, I can do this again. So like, yeah. I was excited, maybe like that could have been it that it was
2: like no stress. There was no stress. and yeah. there was No, you didn't have anything. You just weren't stressed about anything like you just you were just there that's, for the good time. That's yeah. what I'm
1: curious about. Like after having cancer and beating it, do you have this different way now where you're like, do you have more fears in life, or do you have less fears in life? Because you're like, I've been through that; I can deal with whatever. Or is it just kind of like it happened? Let's move on, and it is what it is.
3: That's like a hard hitting question, there, sorry. Letterman. <laughs> um, <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> Uh, I I
1: just, uh, I just know that I have this constant fear and this stems from my anxiety, but I'm always have this fear of so many things in life, whether it happened to me or my family or whatever. So I don't know if this were to happen to me, if I would be more fearful and and be constantly thinking, well, if I had it, everyone's going to get it. Or if I'd be like, I had it and now it is what it is. And now I'm, I'm not going to worry about the small things in life. Right. Like, I don't know.
3: Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, for the most part of my life I was not really like I was never really one to fear too much I was never like, yeah. like like there was obviously like certain things that were like a big deal that kind of changed the, or shaped who I am or whatever mm-hmm. um, I feel like cancer it was a big like kind of reshaped my priorities of like how like how I deal with things and it's like obviously my family and I've gotten so much closer since and like I think that was like I was like I was almost like the silver lining of it because like we were obviously we were close we were close like we we hated each other as kids but I mean (laughs) everyone does (laughs) that's
1: normal yeah Um,
3: (laughs) but yeah so it's just like I like I talk to my family more than I used to Mm -hmm. or like I make time for them which is which I think is a good thing. Um, I guess it is kind of like, well, if I made it through that, I can deal with anything. One
1: thing I just always remember, like I talked about you to so many people and I just always remember being like, you're just so freaking positive. And I'm like a full believer in like just positive thinking, positive thinking and like manifestation, whatever. And like, I just remember you being so positive all the time. And I'm like, how are you doing this? Like, how yeah. are you so freaking positive when this is happening? But I feel like that is just the way you live. And now even like with this answer now, you're like, yeah, like <laughs> it, it happened. And I'm going to just move on. Like, of course yeah. you're thinking that. You know what I mean? Because you're like, it is what it is. I stayed positive the whole time. I made the best out of the situation. And now look at where you are now, right? Like, you
2: beat it and then became a drag <clears throat> queen. Was that a coincidence or was <laughs> – that just timing like was that just weird timing because you were not a drag queen before that
3: i was in calgary
1: oh well,
2: clearly not famous yeah. enough of a drag yeah,
3: queen. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's... i'm your
1: i'm your friend and i didn't even know was
2: it I mean, uh, okay that wait, was so... when
3: that was when kayla and i became best friends
1: oh okay introduce your drag name or introduce introduce your drag how do you how would you word that your
3: a drag persona i don't yeah. know yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so, my drag name is Tara Hole. It's my actual <laughs> last name, which is H O H L. It's the um, funniest
2: drag name I've ever heard of. Well, any. how did you get Tara?
1: Like, why Tara? Kayla. Tara Hole.
2: Tara?
3: Tear- a hole. Uh, hole.
1: <laughs> Kayla. She's like, now tell me, how did you get Tara? I thought you were going to be like, Kayla, that's his mom's name. No. (laughs) His last name is Hole, so he's Tara Hole. I didn't know. I thought you were this innocent drag queen. (laughs) No. I didn't know it was Tara Hole. That is hilarious. That's the funniest drag name I've ever
2: heard. Now, how did you get
3: Tara? (laughs) (laughs) Is that your grandmother's middle name? Is that the street you grew up on?
1: Oh i feel like not everyone would get it i everyone gets it
3: (laughs) i mean it takes a minute but when you know me
0: this
1: long um... (laughs) i'm just playing the
3: act that we're not friends
0: everyone gets it okay i get
1: it now guys i
0: get it okay
1: tara
2: performs to stacy k music like Like, all of
3: it like all all of my album three like three for sure three songs that i always use
2: and you're really good at the fast rapping that I do. That I thought like I was like so unique because I was this fast rapper. Well, Dave knows all of them and can lip sync them perfectly. Look at me,
3: gonna be enemy, enemy. Want to be part of it? Look at the kill, be better, be better, and give it a guarantee. Look at me, take it or down.
2: <laughs> Did you I know that I don't it. know that rap? Like that is my rap. <laughs> that is my rap. And I have to do it live, and I absolutely do not know it, and I fully just make it up. I'll be like, look at me, gonna be everybody wanna be, and enemies and then I take a minimity. And, and I'll like fully have messed it up every single time. And Dave just did the lyrics perfectly. So he so Tara Hole does Stacy K music and like legit, I have received followers on social media and more <laughs> streams and listens on my music because of you. So thank you. <laughs> well,
3: well, if you want to send those followers my way, it is T-A-R-A. <laughs>
1: Have you ever done a death drop?
3: Uh, only in the sand at Hanlon's when I was like a bottle of vodka. Yes. Only in the sand, um, but I did it. Did and, it like, hurt? I'm not a dancer. No, I did. I had to do it a bunch of times to get the boomerang. Right, picturing you in so,
1: the sand. <laughs> yeah.
2: In the sand. I'll,
3: I'll send it to you later. It's the really oh many slow God, motion. <laughs>
2: That would be a great thing to post on our podcast. So yes. actually
1: send us that. Oh my God, okay. that's so funny.
2: Thank you so much for coming on this podcast, Dave. We're not even done our episode yet. So just wait. <laughs> we have another person coming on to tell their story about stupid cancer. It's horrible, but like in the end, it can turn around and be amazing. And Dave has an amazing life and is crazy and the, one of the funniest people I've ever met. So thank you for coming on our podcast and
1: telling us that you're deep dark things and I love wait and tell (laughs) tell everyone where they can find you and Tara
3: well a thank you for having me Uh, (laughs) here, so nice being here um no uh, no, it really has been it's been so nice to catch up with both of you and like I love you to bits like Kayla we can be best friends now um, now that we're like we're back in touch (laughs) uh but yeah you can find me at uh Dave Hall, D-A-V-E-H-O-H-L and that's on Instagram and then all spun Instagram. I am uh, Tara Hole T O T A R A H O H L T O because somebody else already has the name Tara Hole and the taxi that lives in like Kansas or something. Yeah, this poor girl. That's horrible. like, <laughs> like I, hope, I hope she married into that and that wasn't like how her parents yeah. named her.
2: No, but um, even if she, if she married into it, like do not change your last name.
3: but i'll have to I'll have to do some research. Maybe, like it could've been worse. Like if she hyphenated, it was like tear a whole bottom or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Means her real name would be Tara Bottom. This is horrible. Yeah, but... Let's follow her too. We're all yeah. gonna follow her.
3: Yeah, she needs the followers.
2: She needs yeah. that. She needs that. Oh my gosh. Okay, Dave, thank you so much for everything. Thank I miss you. you and
1: have a good day.
3: thank you for having me love ya bye Bye.
1: support for i have to call my sister is brought to you by manscaped ladies Stace, listen up manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you and your man's you know what now i'm not saying i'm not into some hair on my man's body because i do like that but as long as it's like clean and nicely trimmed we're good to go and this is where manscaped comes in They have just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Not only can men use this, but women can too. And let me tell you, he will thank you. I'm so sorry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Chris is literally already obsessed and he's just fully stolen it from me, which makes me furious. But not only does this trimmer have wireless charging, it's also waterproof. So now they can freaking shave in the shower and not make a mess in the bathroom, sink or floor. But want to know the best part about all of this? We have an exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code siblings20 at manscaped.com. And trust me, your balls will thank you.
2: There is this skincare line that Kayla and I started using and it's called Face Addiction. It addresses all skin concerns and it's something that you would like expect from a professional spot line. It is smells amazing that's the first thing that we notice and it's free of chemical preservatives my mom will be so happy that's one thing i did not care about as a younger person and now i realize like why it's so important face addiction line has been formulated to work in harmony with each other in order to treat any skin type and the best part is they have a green commitment so their packaging amount of travel they do for delivery to like even the place the products are manufactured it's all amazing for our planet these are the people that are changing the world, Face Addiction, you can go to www.faceaddiction.ca and order this amazing product. And guess what? If you use the code SIBLINGS, then you get 15% off your entire order. Sunna smile is an LED-activated teeth whitening system. And when you have big teeth like Kayla and I, they better be white. So this one, it's safe on enamel, protects gums, causes little to no sensitivity, which is like the worst thing when you do like the other white strips. I feel like it, like your teeth are so sensitive. But this one is a registered natural health product. And on top of all that, it's cost effective. One sun a smile session is the equivalent in whitening power. This is crazy. To 50 tubes of whitening toothpaste, 25 dental whitening syringes and five packages of strips. Visit Sunnasmile.com, which is spelled S-U-N-N-A-S-M-I-L-E.com to find out more information.
1: Okay, so that was Dave's story. He is so funny. I actually miss him so He's much. crazy. Even though he doesn't remember us being friends. Um, <laughs> but next up... Because you're his friend's little sister. No, I'm telling you, there was a moment, a hot minute, where him and I were like solid friends.
2: Okay, whatever. Continue on.
1: (laughs) Next up, we have – so she and I were friends when we played travel basketball for like 10 years together. Um, So I've known her for a really long time, but I literally have not seen her since like grade 12 in high school because travel basketball ended, whatever. We just like went our separate ways. So I haven't talked to her in forever, but I have been following her on social media And she also has one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. It is also a story that turns out amazing. I'm not going to do the like punchline thing, Stacey. I'll just say that it turns out amazing. (laughs) Um, So I just thought that I thought that Dave and her stories are just like so interesting and it needs to be talked about. And they're both like young and awesome and like the hottest, best people ever. And so I just thought yeah, they need yeah. to come on. They need to tell their story. So here's Jane. Welcome to the podcast,
0: Jane. Thank Woo! you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I feel famous. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Wait, Jane, how do you say <laughs> your last name? Negzam.
2: Yeah, because like I remember when we were younger, I'd be like, neg-sam.
1: Jane. <laughs> I always thought it was like Negzam. Like Negzam. Kayla, you said Negzam when you were younger. It's just Negzam?
0: Negzam. It's just two ne- syllables. Exam. It's a lot less scary than it looks, but there's a T in there that you don't actually pronounce. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah. a few extra A's. So it's. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You definitely, Kayla, did a three syllable last name. 100 When you were younger, for sure. Yeah.
1: Anyways, I'm so excited. This is so trippy to me because I haven't seen you in so long. So you long. look the exact same, but you also you're just like a more like beautiful version. Oh, <laughs>
2: yeah, like, like a
0: beautiful adult. You
1: do like, you look like the child that I knew, and then
2: you now are like, yeah, just literally the grown-up, pretty version of that yeah. child. Which
0: is- I need to talk to you guys every day. Like I need this piece every day. <laughs> i have to call my sister
2: just so everybody knows we spoke to jane in advance and we said this is a very sensitive subject and is there anything that you don't want us to talk about and jane basically said listen i'm an open book and i probably say like too many things and we're like no that's perfect so um (laughs) jane can you just give us a little bit of a story about like Obviously, you're here because you're awesome, but we also want to talk about like the sensitive subject. So, can you just give a little backstory?
0: Yeah. So, um, I am on my way to being a two-time brain tumor survivor. Six years ago, I was diagnosed with my first brain tumor. I went through an operation. I did all that. Um, I basically went six years without without this thing, and then um, and then it came back. So, I've had my second brain surgery. Um, just this past October. So just a few months ago. And I am now um, undergoing radiation therapy. That's the current state of my life. I'm on leave from work. So I do a whole lot of nothing all day, every day, um, except, <laughs> except go to treatment. So yeah. I'm finished treatment next week. And then I will officially be able to call myself a two-time brain tumor survivor. Yes! Oh my uh, gosh. Okay. So I have so many questions.
1: Mm-hmm. So the first time you said was 6 years ago when you found out that you initially had this brain tumor.
0: Yeah, I guess right? I guess 7 six or 7 my mouth is not okay. good. So, we'll say 7. Can I can I clarify something? Mm-hmm.
1: Does a
2: brain
0: tumor always mean cancer? Like is is it cancer of the brain the tumor or no? So, it doesn't always mean cancer. Um so originally I was diagnosed with a tumor that was benign, which is non-cancerous. Um, but they don't know anything. They can't see it and until they go in there and take it out and do a biopsy. There's really no way to tell if it is cancer or not. Oh, I So didn't you know go, that. you go through the process try. of like waiting it's, and it is a lot, it's a lot of waiting. It's a big waiting game. Um, and then you get your biopsy results and then And then essentially you find out if it's cancerous or not, so.
1: Okay, so when they told you... Because I've just, like, seen movies and stuff like this, right? Where they, like, tell the patient they have cancer and it's, like, just everything flashes before your eyes. So how did you feel the first time they were like, you have brain cancer?
0: So when I was first diagnosed, uh, like I said, I was diagnosed with a benign tumor. So at first, nobody said cancer to me. So when I was diagnosed, I actually... A little bit of a background. I was living in Air Ontario with my parents. I was driving to Toronto to go to a Blue Jays game. I was by myself. I was in a car accident. So from that car accident, I started going to physio. I had a little bit of whiplash, some pain in my neck and some headaches and stuff. After about a month of physio, I was still having the same pains. And my physiotherapist was like, I don't want to touch you anymore. Like It's been a long time since I've been treating you. I think you should go get an MRI or something. So I had a CAT scan done. The technician, I'm not sure exactly what they're called, but she said to me, okay, uh, call your doctor tomorrow for the results, which automatically set off a red flag to me because usually the doctor calls you if there's something wrong. So the fact that she said to me, you should call your doctor tomorrow. yeah, I was like, okay, that's kind of strange. So I did that. I called my doctor and the receptionist was like, no, like he hasn't even looked at your scan yet. Like, I don't know why you're calling us. We will call you once he gets to your images. So like five minutes later, the doctor called me. Yeah. And so at this point, it was, this was on my mom's birthday. My parents were on vacation for um, her birthday slash their anniversary. So I was home alone. So they told me on the phone, we want you to come into the office now, um, bring someone with you. Oh my God. And I was by myself. It was the middle of the day. I was actually getting ready to go to work. And everybody I knew was like working day jobs or whatever. So I was like, yeah. okay, I'm just going to go by myself. Like I'm not going to bother anyone else. Oh. So I went to the doctor. The doctor's office was closed. It was their lunch hour. So I knocked on the door and they let me in during the lunch hour when there was nobody else in there. And my doctor basically sat me down. She like patted my knee, like, she was the worst. Like she just was not a good doctor. And she she gave me a book. She said, you have a brain tumor. She gave me a book that was essentially like a textbook of like every type of brain tumor there is. And there's like tons. And I don't want to read about everything that I don't have. Like just give yeah. me the information what I do have. Yeah. So I immediately started crying. She again, patted my knee, left the room, like <gasps> just le- left me there by myself and so at that point, I called a friend of mine and I was like, okay, uh, something's happened. I need you to pick me up. So I left my car there. She came to pick me up. And on the way home, it was like silence. And she was like, okay, like what is going on? So I, I told her and she pulled over the car and we had like, we had this like awkward hugging moment. Like when somebody tells you, you have a, or they have a brain tumor, like, I can't imagine being on the receiving end of that news because that's like hard to process. That's a lot to take in for Well, and you want to
2: like, you want to cry and be like, oh my God. But then you're also like, wait, I can't do that right now for the person who's telling me that information. So then you're like, they're probably just like holding everything being like, what do I do? I've never experienced this before. So yeah, that's interesting. Wait. The doctor patted your knee left and then you were like, okay, bye. And then never, you know, she just left. I, I don't
0: like her. She came. No, she was the absolute worst. The reason she was my doctor was because I had a great doctor my entire life and he retired and she took over his practice. So she was still fairly new. Um, I didn't like her from the get-go and it was just like horrible and to to be given news like that like you want somebody that's like compassionate and like empathetic and she's she was none of those things and it was like I think it made the whole thing so much worse she's a robot that thought she was supposed to pat you on the knee yeah and it was super weird so I sat there in her office by myself and bawled and like kind of just like flipped through the pages of this brain tumor book she gave me oh without God. actually really reading any of it. Cause I was like, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Uh, I decided I wasn't going to call my parents right away. They were on vacation. I didn't want to worry them. And in that moment, like for them to drop what they were doing and come home from vacation, like there would have been nothing they could have done. Right. So yeah. I decided I was just going to wait until they got home to tell them. So I think the hardest part, Of telling my family was just having to relive that every single time I told someone new yeah so when they got home I I told them and it was like I thought that neither one of them was ever going to let me go like we just sat on the couch and we all cried and we like hugged for so long and yeah and then you like you take a minute and feel sorry for yourself and figure out like what you're gonna do and then you kind of like just have to snap out of it and be like okay this is this is what's happening now. And this is what we got to do to get through it. Can I ask you a question? Did
2: you, um, when you received this information because the idiot doctor just gave you a book, Mm -hmm. did you think in your head, I have a brain tumor. I don't know if that means I have cancer. I don't know if that means what, what that means for my life. I don't know. Like, did you like legit
0: just not know, but you just knew it was bad. Yeah. Like I think, honestly, I don't really remember in that moment because there was probably so much going through my head that I don't know exactly what my thoughts were. But yeah, it's like she did tell me that you have this type of tumor and it is benign. But even with a benign tumor, when it's growing on your brain, like it's kind of a big deal. Right. So um, I guess through the scans, they can tell based on the behavior and the size, like they can kind of make an observation and see like, okay, this looks like this type of tumor. So that's how they were able to diagnose it. Um turns out that what I was originally diagnosed with was not what I actually had. What? So yeah. So it's um, I hate her. Yeah. We hate her. Yeah. Hate her. Okay. We hate her. <laughs> just, we hate her. Just she's period, the one that style, diagnosed you, you incorrectly. incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was set up with a neurosurgeon out of Hamilton. So I had a meeting with him and he told me, This thing is small, um, it doesn't seem to be growing uh, you can live with this or we can operate. And to me, it was like, why do I want to live knowing this thing is here? If you can safely remove it. Yeah. You're like, get it out, get it out, get it like off my mind, literally and figuratively (laughs) Yeah, just get it out of there. Like I don't want to deal with it. So, um, we made that choice or I made that choice. And then, um, at that time, I was still on my dad's insurance plan, and he had this thing through his insurance called Best Doctors. And what Best Doctors does is takes your diagnosis and all your information, and they look for the best doctor in North America oh. and to deal with your type of situation. So wow. I was then set up with a doctor in either North or South Carolina, one of the Carolinas, um, who deals with brain tumors. So I didn't actually see the doctor in person, but we sent them all of my, my charts, all of my medical records, all that sort of stuff. They ordered a new MRI. So I had a new one and between the first one and the second one, there was growth in the tumor. Oh, okay. So they said to me, like, there are cells here that don't look good. Like I would recommend getting this thing removed immediately.
1: What was the recovery like after that? So obviously brain surgery, I would say is the most intense surgery. Yeah. Right? Like we've Out only seen it in
2: movies and on TV shows yeah. and it looks like the most shocking thing you've well, ever seen. Well, brain right? And
1: I think the most dangerous one, right? Like it's, they're going into your brain. Yeah, with, There right? are
0: so many different things. Like there are so many um, things they warn you about, like, okay, your tumor is close to this vein or this artery or whatever. So we have to be careful. We will try and remove as much as we can without touching other parts of the brain. And what my biggest fear was going into it was that, I was going to be having an awake brain surgery because I don't know if you've seen on like movies and and, yes. TV and stuff that they do that, like they keep you awake to to, um, to make do sure that
2: you're, because it's actually safer that way to do that in some cases, right? In
0: some cases, yeah. So I was like, oh my god, am I going to be awake for this whole thing? Turns out that I I wasn't. Oh my god, I was but that- under, but. That oh. was like my biggest fear. It was like, oh my God, like yeah. this is terrifying. Did you know that but was a thing, Kayla? No. Yeah, they keep you awake. And they do that because they need
2: to see that the brain is still being like active and yeah, that you're like, oh sometimes gosh. when they put you asleep, it can actually create more problems,
0: whatever. Yeah, and they will ask you questions. Like they'll touch certain parts of your brain and they'll ask you like, like what color is the sky? Like, and you'll actually talk to them during the surgery so that they're making oh sure like gosh. your brain is functioning in the ways that it's supposed oh. to function. So that why be- did they decide to put you out? I think it's just, they never once told me that I was going to be having an awake surgery, but that was like the first thing that you went in my a fear. mind. Yeah, yeah you yeah, had yeah, a yeah. fear of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so my first experience and my second experience with my surgeries were very, very different. Um, I think my second one was probably easier because I had gone through it. I knew mm-hmm. a little bit about what to expect um, because I had done it before, which I hate, but is also like so interesting. You're like, don't worry, I know
2: what's going on. But like, yeah, most like people, um, I'm well, a pro. Well, like, yeah, you're a pro at brain <laughs> yeah. surgery. Like, I mean, like yeah. I would,
0: I would rather be a pro at many other things in life. But... <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I just want to know. So at this point, you still um, did not think that any sort of cancer right. was involved. Yeah. So you wake up and they say we successfully removed it, or what did they say to you?
0: Yeah, so that was basically it. But the the first thing that I remember, like when I don't know if you guys watch Grey's Anatomy or any other I use, lur- I like do, I do. shows. <laughs> it is like like coming out of surgery, I felt like I was literally on one of those shows because I open my eyes, there's bright lights, there's <gasps> people all like staring down at me, and people are shouting questions at me. They're like, What's the date? What's your name? What's this? What's that? Like they're trying to make sure that you're You're coming out of the anesthesia and everything is okay. I feel like um, I can picture the exact scene that you're talking about. You probably can because if (laughs) you've seen it on TV, I swear it's the exact same thing. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I came out, I had like cuts all on my face. I didn't know what those were for. I had a hole in my neck because my IV line had gone through my neck. But before you go into the operating room, they don't tell you anything. Like they don't prep you at all because until everything is mapped out, when you get in there, they don't know what they're doing either. So I didn't know where my incision was going to be made. I didn't know what my hair was going to look like. Um, Like none of that. So when I came out, I remember just I had to pee so bad. And I said that to the nurse and she was like, it's okay. And I was like, what do you mean? It's okay. Like I need to go pee. And she's like, yeah, it's okay. Okay. I found out later that they had inserted catheter. So when she was saying it's okay, she was actually telling me like, yeah, just just like pee. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I could not get used to it. And like my brothers were in my room and I was like, guys, I really have to pee. And they were like, well, you, you can just go. And I was like, I can't. So they were like, okay, we'll leave the room if it makes you feel better. So I kicked them out. They came back in like a few minutes later and they were like, oh, did you pee? And I was like, no, I just can't pee. And they were like, no, Jane, like, you peed. Your bag's full. Oh no! Because you were even, so frozen, or what? I just—I don't know. It feels so it's weird just, it, when you have one of those things in oh you. Like God. it feels like your bladder is just like always full. It's the weirdest sensation. You're like, no, I and I can't remember pee. that being like—I mean, I was on a lot of morphine, so I just—I don't remember feeling any actual pain from the surgery. I just remember being uncomfortable because I really had to pee. Yeah, <laughs> like that was your biggest stress. And, yeah, <laughs> this is
2: making me think of something. Like this is like. Well, I guess it's not really a confession, but like, okay, there's been times where I was like, if I wanted to pee my pants right now, like I couldn't. Like, like if I concentrate so hard right now and like try to make myself pee, it, my body will not let me do it. Oh, I could. Really? <laughs> yeah. I like, could pee my pants if I wanted to. Like No, I don't think I could. Like, you know how they say there's that thing where like you can't like um yeah, if you put like, like a knife to your arm, you can't actually stab yourself because your body won't let you do it. Like, I honestly feel like like I've done it before like just to see.
1: Like I've been like, can I make myself pee right now? I'm like, I can't. But you're stopping because you know that that's the most ridiculous thing in the entire world to do. So that's why you're stopping.
2: I think it was a long time ago when I had a bladder infection. I need to see if I had to pee, and then and then I was like, oh, I just need to see if I could do it, and I but
1: I could not do it. Maybe it's because I had a bladder infection. Anyway, continuing. (laughs) Okay, so you you just like peed without even so that. But then that must be nice because then you don't have to like now you know it's just gonna happen. Once I got once
0: I got used to it, it was great. And then after a few days of being in the hospital when they removed it I was like oh man like now, now I have to- actually have to get yeah. out of my bed and walk to the bathroom like what? oh my god <laughs> so did you look at when you
1: went or no you didn't go to the washroom did they show you like did they give you a mirror to like look at what you looked
0: like at that point or so I had my phone and stuff I had my computer with me so I don't I don't know if I looked in a mirror or if I just saw myself in my phone or whatever it was like something else so what they had done was my incision went like across the top of my head. So they shaved like a giant patch on the top of my head and braided my hair at the back. Just so, stop. Yeah. So I had like a fringe that was braided and I had a bald spot on the top. But at first I had um, like a giant sheet of gauze covering the incision. So it just looked like I was wearing like, uh-huh. like one of those, like, or like to, a yarmulke, to, like one of those yeah, wish yeah, yeah, caps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is like w- like a story that's
2: being told, and we're listening and be like, "Oh, that sucks." But when you actually think about like a normal girl who's like this cool, like whatever, going through this, like, were you like, tr- like, were you like, "My hair is ruined now"? Like, did, did did hair come into play, which seems like it's not even important in the grand scheme of things? So it but you're, seems you're like a that. normal person though, right? So like, yeah.
0: Well, at the time, I was like, "Yeah, this sucks" because. I had enough hair that I could wear it in a ponytail or a bun and it would cover my my baldness. But at the time I was like, if I do that, my hair is going to grow at different rates. Like I'm going to have this bald patch that's going to grow differently than the rest of my hair. So I'm just going to shave it off. So I ended up shaving it off um, just... Because I felt like that was what I needed to do. But, but you also have, like, had...
2: the perfect face for it, too.
0: No, I. so I remember when you came into Brown
1: Dog, you had your hair head shaved. And do you remember me saying this to you? I'm like, I swear I am not just saying this. You friggin' look like a model. Like, yeah. your your face oh, shape stop. and your head. I'm not just saying this. I was not like, everyone if I, I had to shave my head,
0: I would look insane but you really pulled it off I was concerned about it too because I was like I don't know what my head looks like under this hair so yeah yeah. it's gonna be a surprise for everyone but (laughs) um it was like I had my surgery in January so it was still cold out and I wasn't going anywhere like I wasn't leaving my house I was even though I was only in the hospital for five days I was recovering at home for months so even when I first started going out I was wearing toques and stuff like I was and I've always been like really into makeup so I thought like okay if I'm gonna have no hair then at least I can like do fun things with my makeup but at the time it just I had never had short hair before so I was so insecure about it and I remember my mom saying like take pictures because you're gonna want to look back at this time but I was like I don't I look gross like I look like a boy I'm not cute like I don't want to take pictures and now like mothers are always right I do have a few pictures, but, like, I wish there was more from yeah. that time. Yeah, that's interesting. But, like, yeah, and now if I end up going bald again, which we'll talk about as well, I feel like I, yeah. I'll i do it differently because I feel like now I have a little bit more confidence to be able to do that because I've done it once and I was super insecure the first time. And yeah. I don't want to do that again. So what happened the second time you found out that it came back? How did you feel? What, like, how did that go? After not going to the doctor for two years, I graduated from school and I was like, okay, 2020 is the year of me. Like, I'm going to get back to my, my health journey. Like, I'm going to take care of myself, like self-love, self-care, all that jazz. So I hadn't had an MRI. So I went to my doctor and I was like, okay, it's been two years that I haven't had an MRI. Um, like I'm fine. I don't feel anything. I don't have any symptoms, yeah. but like, I need to, I need to have this MRI. And at this point now, my terrible lady doctor that I had is no longer there. She left the practice. Now I have a new doctor and he's fantastic. Like he's been really great right from the beginning. Thank
2: God. Cause Thank I don't God. like that lady. I thought you were going to say she was still there and I was ready to lose. Yeah. It,
0: okay. <laughs> no. So I, yeah. So I went to him then a few days later, I got a call saying they wanted me to come in and discuss my results. And I you're knew you're like, oh god. Yeah. Um, you did. Oh, you knew you had the vibe, you know. I, I had the vibe. When he told me, I felt completely at ease. I didn't feel upset. I just was like, okay, like, what do we do now? And then uh there my mom was in the waiting room. And as soon as I saw her, I started to cry. Oh, yeah. Because that's it's familiar. Like,
2: it's something familiar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So um yeah. Basically we were like, okay, you know what? We've done this before. And myself and my whole family, like we always say like, this is very much just the way I operate. It's like, I take a minute to feel sorry for myself. I cry. I let it all out. And that's a valid thing. Like if you of course. are upset or sad about it, then I think like something is wrong with you because that's a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> so like we all just like take a moment. We all cry. We all hug. We are like, whatever. And then we're like, okay, now it's business. Like now we do what we have to do to get through it and we're going to get through it. And that's all there is to it. That's amazing. But you know what? It took this to make me that way. Ooh. I mean, none of this is a good thing. Like I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but there, I feel like I've changed because of it. Like you just developed this new mindset and that like they're really, this is like super cliche, but there is such a power in positivity. And if you believe this thing is going to make you sick and ruin your life, then everybody understands that that's how I cope with it. And like, just give me a minute, like, let me be sad. Let me feel sorry for myself. Let me be a little bit negative for a second and then I'll snap out of it and we'll get on Yeah. I just, yeah. I just got the ship.
1: I just got the ship. So did I. So did I. <laughs> like it. But and it and it does it sucks so bad that it takes, like you said, like it takes things like this to really teach you these, these lessons and make you realize that there's so many bigger things in life that you need totally. to worry about than like these stupid little things, right? Yeah. So, but that's that's also why a huge reason was that I wanted you on the podcast because I'm like I'm guilty of it sometimes I'm like I, I complain about dumb things and whatever and then you hear these stories and you're like oh my god like I can't I need to stop like there's so many bigger things to to think about right yeah. so yeah
0: and I mean like don't get me wrong it's I still complain about dumb things all the time like it's yeah, not like of course, it's not you're like human. I'm all like rainbows and sunshine, <laughs> like sunshine all the time but it's just like and this isn't I'm just like full of cliches but, but, I, know, um, I, love but I like it though I like it it, it is like It is so true that even in my position, that there is always someone that has it worse than you do. So I always think about that, too, especially having spent time in the neuro ward and being around cancer patients and stuff like that. I see how sick some of these people are. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks to be me sometimes or like sucks to be in my situation. But. It could be so much worse. But yeah. it's funny that Jane has her, like, her skull is
2: open and she's laying on a table. She's like, there are people way worse off than I am. <laughs> yeah.
0: we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are people lying there awake with their skull yeah. broken right now. <laughs> she still has the fear. She still has it. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to, like, add some shock value to the story. Oh, no, but no, um, no. Also in 2020, my fiancé's mom was diagnosed with cancer. So she's being treated at the same hospital. She's having chemo. So there are times when we actually go to the hospital together because we're both having treatment on the same day. She goes to her upstairs floor. I go to my downstairs floor. And her fiance is like, great. Like, this is not how I want my mom and his his fiance. This is something I didn't mention to you guys tonight, but I did mention to Kayla when we were first um, DMing on Instagram that at one point during my treatment, I had to stop. I did two treatments, my first two treatments, yes. and I had to stop because I got COVID. <gasps> what? I, well, <laughs> like I'm so I, like I literally <laughs> I'm too distracted
1: by all your other stories that I literally forgot this part. Yeah. As well. So
0: this is this like COVID. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, because that's just another thing to throw onto the the shit pile. That 2020, was
1: 2020. Yeah. I, like this is ridiculous. Yeah. So when
0: when did you get COVID?
1: How did you catch it in the hospital? Like N- no. So. I got
2: COVID. Both my fiance and I had it. Is your immune system lowered because of radiation? So it probably
0: would be very easy to catch COVID if that's the case. That originally that was one of my questions to the doctor. Was like, okay, during radiation, can I still go to the grocery store? Like, am I going to be immunocompromised? They said to me, no, because it's the radiation is so localized. It's not going to affect the rest of your immune system. Oh, Um, my fiance is a is a mechanic and he works on school buses. So he's around germs like children's germs all the time. Um, So I don't know where it came from. Um, He could have picked up from a bus that he was working on or from work. It doesn't matter, but we got it. Yeah.
2: What has this done to your outlook on life? What has this done to the way that you live now? And has it changed? Um, And if it's cheesy, I don't care. Tell me.
0: Yeah, no. So I think I mentioned earlier that, like, I totally believe in the power of positivity. Like, surround yourself with people that are positive and people that will lift you up because that's the only way you're going to get through something like this. And I think, like, so many people say to me, like, oh, you're so brave or you're so strong. And while that might be true, I always think like, but I have to be like, there's no other choice. This is just what you have to do. And if this happened to either of you, you would have the same mindset and you would just get through it because you do what you have to do. And, and I think that like, if you just lay down and let it consume you, then. It's going to consume you. It's going to consume you. So I always say to my fiance, like, I know I'm doing too much during the day. I know I need to relax, but I feel like when I stop moving and I try to relax, that's when I start to feel sick. And I will not let this treatment or this disease make me feel sick. Like, I don't want it to win. That's just not... That's yeah. just not going to happen. Like It's not going to. It's not going on to. I'm the winner here. So Like, yeah. I've never, I've I'm never been, star.
2: I, like, you literally, I have, I'm, like, so confident in you. Like, you make me feel so confident about, like, what you're saying. And, like, that just makes me so happy. And the way you talk about it just, cha- like, it changes everything.
0: Um, Like, I write a blog. And the reason I write the blog is because it's an outlet for me. So I feel, like, I feel better when I talk about these things. But also... A lot of people are afraid of that, and I, that's why I started writing the blog, because I found it was easier to express myself and tell people what was going on through the blog, rather than telling them face-to-face, because it's it's an awkward thing. It really is. And For people listening right now, can you, like, do you, you have a blog that we can read? Yeah, I do. It's um, janesbrains.ca. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So before we go,
2: you know we love a good confession. So we asked Jane in advance, like, can you just, like, tell us maybe just one confession, if that's okay? And, Jane, you said you have something, right?
0: I do. It's funny that earlier you were talking about how, like, if you wanted to pee your pants, you couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh I'm actually on the opposite <laughs> side of that spectrum. Okay. And, okay.
2: Uh,
0: I had a uh, a night where a few alcoholic beverages were consumed. <laughs> and I got home to my apartment. I was living downtown Toronto. I got home. It was like four in the morning. And some, some time in the night, I had lost my keys. So I was oh. like frantically buzzing my roommate luckily she's still my friend I I don't know why we're still (laughs) friends after this night but she was not answering she would not let me in I was wearing jeans and I sat down on the curb and I was like I have to pee so bad a normal person would find an alley they would pull down their pants they would pee not me (laughs) so I sat on the curb and I just peed because I could not hold it so now I'm sitting on the curb in my pee pants and it gets oh. better. Oh, my so God. So finally, my roommate wakes up four in the morning. She buzzes me in. She is pissed. She's not happy. I get into the elevator and I think to myself, I'm really uncomfortable, like, standing in my pee pants. There, It's 4 a.m. Nobody else is getting on the elevator. I'm taking them off. <laughs> oh, my God. So I took off my pee pants and somebody came into the elevator (laughs) two people I'm pretty sure it was a woman and a man but I was I was I might have been drunk but I still knew that what I was doing was embarrassing oh no so I didn't look at their faces I don't know who they were I made it home And the rest of the time I lived in that apartment building, I was so nervous to see anybody in the elevator because even though I didn't know who they were, they probably knew who I was. I was the girl with no pants
2: on. and they for sure have told that story to other people yeah, also true. did you stand there in silence yeah like yes, you just absolutely. committed with
1: your pee pants absolutely
2: and she had no pants on and she had her pee pants in her hand and it was like doo, 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 doo. don't yes. you imagine like elevator music going and who
1: left first did they leave first or did you like did you have to walk away in your underwear i think i got off first <laughs>
2: Which is the best bang ending. Because she's like, bye guys. And then she walks out and they saw her full behind. Like Oh
1: my god, that's so that funny. That is
2: awesome. So, yeah, and it's hilarious. So, uh, like in the hospital, she's like, guys, you're gonna have to leave the room. But like she's like, Yeah, tonight I'm just gonna be Give me <laughs> a few drinks and I just let loose. Oh
1: my oh, god. So funny.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay, so if people wanna find you and fall in love just as like we have obviously today with everything that you said they can go to your blog so we know where your blog is yes. but do you also like when people like follow you on instagram and stuff too?
0: yeah sure so um yeah my blog is janesbrains.ca and my instagram is two janes like two chains but two janes so it's hilarious t-w-o underscore j-a-n-e-z Two Janes comes out when I've had too many drinks and I'm peeing on the curb. (laughs) Two Janes is the one in the
2: elevator first (laughs) sure. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your story. Like, honestly, I feel like I have a different outlook on like so many things right now and I hope that people listening feel the same way and yeah, check her out because she's just, and also your face is just like the nicest face ever. (laughs) I love it. Thank
0: you guys so much. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I have to
2: call my sister hey, when you rate review subscribe it helps us out because we love what we do without a doubt so we want to thank you for taking the time Mo,
1: so here we go we busting we busting around oh this is our podcast we're here to stay my name is Kayla this is Stacy K okay that uh... I have to call my sister hey hey you there